0: champions mojo is part of the cg sports network i tell people you have to find something you love you have to find something you want to go do you know i am not a gym person i am not a person who will go to a pool by myself i like the social aspect of going to the pool i guess that's that's it you really have to enjoy doing it
1: Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria.
2: Hey, Kelly. It's good to be here today.
1: Great to see you. And before we give a full introduction, we just want to say hi to our guest, Amy Rieger. So Amy, welcome. Thank you. So Maria, I know you, you know that I am super excited because uh, I've been talking about Amy even offline, like for the last several months, right? That's right. Yeah. We're really excited to chat with Amy Rieger. Who is the U.S. Masters National? Who is a U.S. Masters National record holder? She's the USMS All Star for the year of 2021, which is the highest honor that you can get as a Masters wow. swimmer in USMS. Besides a world record and a national record, which she already holds, and in 2021, just the last season that we had, Amy had six number one FINA world rankings for women 60 to 64, and. When you look at Amy's USMS database, she only has 10 swims listed in the database. She did do some training and competing in Puerto Rico, but this is not a woman who has spent a lot of time at swim meets for master swimming in her swimming career. Um, And there's so much more. We're going to drill down and hear a lot of how this, this superstar master swimmer came back into swimming. Maria, can you give us a little bit more?
2: Sure, you'd think with that swimming resume that Amy was a college swimmer, but she wasn't. <laughs> Encouraging to all of us who weren't college swimmers. She did have her competing crew and won a second place at Nationals in her first year. She's taken many years away from swimming to raise her three children. Um, and then she's returned. And let's hear about how she's she's created such success in the swimming and the master swimming world.
1: Yes, yeah, so. Amy, uh, we told you prior to getting on here that one of our working titles for this um, particular podcast was embracing your competition. And as I alluded to in the beginning of the podcast, getting the all star award for USMS is different than all American. So people love to be top 10. That's kind of the first level of, wow, I've, I've succeeded. I'm really a great master swimmer because I was in the top 10. So that's, that's beautiful. And even being in the top 20 and sometimes the top 50 of certain events, but being in the top 10. And then if you're an all American, you get, you're a number one in any event. So you can be a one-time all American in in any season or any course. And then to be an all-star, that means that during one calendar year, you have the most number ones in your age group. So wow. To get, yeah. So to get all-star last year, the reason I want to, you know, I, I really, I know our listeners are going to appreciate your story because I had swum in the three courses for us master swimmers. All of our listeners know that I'm a master swimmer as well. And guess what? You and I are in the same age group. So Um, I had swum in short course yards. I had swum in long course meters, which is the second course that they calculate number one times. And and then I had swum in short course meters. Well, going into the short course meter season, which was late in the year, I was definitely on track to win the all-star award for our (laughs) age group until Amy Rieger shows up. And And so, you know, I think as a young, um, and Amy puts up. 11 number one times in one course so for wow. those of you that aren't familiar with swimming um that is phenomenal i think there are only 17 events on the on the list of all events so and you got 11 number ones in one course and so you know i think as competitors and Maria you're right there with us I know you're competitive oh yeah as competitors we initially want to say who the heck is this and who does she think she is and you know,
2: maybe she'll fall next week and break her arm no
1: I, no 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 <laughs> so yeah now maybe the 20 the 21 year old me would have said that but we try to like take lessons and we always have takeaways from this show so my takeaway was initially gosh i want to know about this woman i want to know where does she come from what's her training who is she and, um, so initially your times were so fast. Okay. And I'm, this is a very hot topic right now that I initially thought you might be transgender. I'm not kidding. I initially thought this time, this hundred free time, she just swam was so fast. This has to be a man, you know, I just thought, and then of course, strangely, I'm talking with this about Mar- to the, uh, Maria and my husband and you are living in California but you enter a Florida meet. And so I look at, we're entered in the same meet. And I looked at the roster and I'm like, honey, you will not believe it. Amy Rieger is coming to Florida. So (laughs) I meet you. You are the most feminine, dainty, definite biological female. um, And just not, uh, you you know, you're not giant. You're not ripped. It doesn't look like you spend a ton of time in the weight room. Um, So, you are so fast in so many strokes, like just all, you know, I'm pretty much a middle distance to distance freestyler. And you have this ability to swim all these events, all these strokes so well, so fast after such time off and you're swimming faster now than even in your 45 and 50 age group. So that's the setup to Number one, just, you know, embrace, let's learn from people that are better than you in anything in life. If you have somebody that's kicking your butt in life, if you can say, okay, I admire this person. I want to know what they're doing. So that is why you are here. Amy. <laughs> First question, I guess, is you must have had an incredible adjustment in your mindset to never have raced in college. Okay. So many people who swim as fast as you are swimming had some high level competition. So how did you get to this place where you, you just get out there and swim, you know, national records, world number ones from, you know, being a mom. And now you're just this amazing superstar.
0: Well, I, I never, I began master swimming in my early 20s, and I really never have stopped. Not racing, but training. So you, so you said I stepped away, which isn't really true. I, I was training. I just wasn't racing. Hmm. And I, I went to Puerto Rico in 2016, and I intended to do the same, just to train I enjoy master swimming. I find it really fun. I know that I'm fast in the pool. I know that I'm fast against my lane mates. You know, I've swam in Davis for most of my master's career. They have a lot of great master swimmers and women in my age group. But when I went to Puerto Rico to swim, the master's coach said, you will compete or you cannot train with us. So that was sort of the start of my competing. And I was moving to Puerto Rico, I no longer had a job. I no longer had three children at home. And then a year or so later, a friend said, oh, you know, you're in the FINA top 10. And I was completely shocked. I just had no idea. And then I started tracking it more and training more to uh, become a better racer, you know, faster at
2: swimming and so how did you get the technique? I mean, I, my but wait, Maria, Mar- Maria, I,
1: I, I have to go to this question, which was part of that, but I know it was a long setup. So if you're, if you've been sw- swimming this entire time, you're still 60 and you're swimming way faster than you were at 45 and 50. So that like, even so now, you know, it puts it in perspective a little, you didn't take, you know, 20 years out of the pool or 10 years, you kept training, but how are you faster than you were at 45 and 50 if you've been training the entire
0: time. When I swam in Davis with Davis Aquatic Masters, the coach was Stu Kahn. And he's pretty well known in the master swimming world. And he's an amazing coach. And he, he really wanted me to race for him. And I had a daughter who was competitive swimming at the time. I had a mom who was in her 90s. It just wasn't a good time for me. So I didn't compete, but I really worked with him on my technique. And he mm-hmm. knew that I wanted to be faster. He knew I wanted to be better. And he focused on my goals and helped me with a lot of things to become better. And then when I went to Puerto Rico, I think I, I lost probably five pounds. I focused more on my training. I was in a 50 meter pool. And I think that really helped to be in a pool with only one or two other swimmers and to be able to focus on technique and not on traffic management, which is what a lot of us do at Masters when we have five in a lane in a 25-yard pool. And I just started to get faster. I also broke two arms in, in Puerto Rico. So <laughs> that was a you know, and there was Hurricane Maria. So there's a lot of stumbling blocks in there. But I think it's, I just focused more on racing, flip turns, diving, all those things that I never Concern myself with in my forties and fifties.
2: Why did you want to get faster when you were in California if you had no intention of racing, or did you think that someday you would race?
0: I think because I'm a physical therapist, I'm a student of the sport. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by technique and efficiency, and in all sports. And that's how Stu Conn is also, you know. And we really meshed, and we talked a lot about things about you know, we disagreed on some things and, and, um, we really, um, you know, focused on how to become more efficient.
1: What did you disagree on with Stu? Uh, uh
0: kicking sort of, uh, I, I, I'm kicking is my, it's my secret power. Um, so, and I feel like it's crucial to fast swimming he taught me how to be a six beat kicker all the time and I've gotten much better at it. And I think that's helped my swimming. I feel like when you're kicking, you should keep your feet under the water and they should not, you should not see the foot out of the water. And he disagrees with me on that and had me watch some videos of sprinters.
1: And it's true, you know, so (laughs) I love that. I, I'm I'm loving that detail. I think that is just. I, I love it. And uh, my husband actually swam for Stucon in high school. Um, so Stu is a great coach. Very, you know, famous for coaching out there in Davis. And I, I think that's fabulous. So when can you I, Kelly? Can, can, can I go back yeah, to my yeah, my first yes, question,
2: yes. which is, yes, when did you start swimming? Six, seven six. six. Did you do any swimming in high school? Um, I did, but our team was
0: not very strong. I was the only one who went to the big meets.
2: Okay, And by
0: then I was much more interested in seeing my boyfriend than I was in performance in the pool. I was done with it pretty much at 13. I, I swam as a Davis aquedart here in Davis. It's a great team. And then I sort of lost interest when we moved away and my
2: social life became more important. And then you transitioned to crew. Which yes. a, a lot of really excellent cyclists are also really good at crew. I mean, I think it's a great all round sport, but tell me about that.
0: I went to Mills college in Oakland, which is all women. And I think the, the coach was on a secret mission to, to, to find tall fit women. <laughs> so I was approached and, um, had never tried it. I, I, I'd had family friends who had, who had done it and, um, So I loved it. I loved the team aspect. I love the fact that we had to work together. It was so much more fulfilling than swimming was because I was one of a team and not it wasn't an individual sport.
2: My next question, this is these are good questions for people who don't swim like I'm not a swimmer like Kelly is. And my husband is. I didn't swim in high school but I like to swim. I know how to swim. I can swim. And um, you're
1: training for a triathlon. And, and
2: well, I haven't started yet, but I'm going to begin training for a triathlon. So the question is how long would you say it took you to really perfect? And are, and are you still working at it to really perfect your technique so that you became this amazing swimmer at 60?
0: Well, I'm still working on it, but I would say all through my Davis years, and in Puerto Rico. And you know, I I broke both wrists and had surgeries and plates and screws and mm. so that changed my technique and I have I'm still fixing that. And then during the pandemic, we in Puerto Rico, we started swimming in the ocean every day and I changed my technique because of that. I became an open water swimmer. I only I only breathe on my right side. And I'd always been a every 3 stroke alternate breather. So that, so I'm still trying to fix that.
2: So um, you didn't, you didn't carry that over into pool swimming or you are. Well, I,
0: I am, I am. And I, I don't know if it helps me or not, <laughs> but I've become more of that undulating swimmer, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely a rotation. When I've watched you swim, you definitely have that nice um you're, you know, you rotate through the water and, and, and undulate. I mean, you know, I watched this from the 400 IM, so I got to see all four of your strokes. And, um, so if, if you, when you broke your arms and wrists, did you do a lot of kicking? Was that what brought you back to like really focusing on your kick or did you just stay out of the water when you were, had two broken arms at different times and your wrists?
0: I was back in the water within a week. I, in Puerto Rico, when you get a cast on your arm, it has a waterproof underlining. Hmm. I don't, so (laughs) I, uh, I was swimming right away. And then when they put splints on following surgery, I would, I I got a waterproof sleeve. And yes, I was just kicking for quite a while. And I don't know if
1: that improved my kicking. I've always
0: been a good kicker. So what size
1: are your feet? 10. 10. Okay, so those are those are good size, good size feet, yeah. <laughs> and um, so, what is your training schedule like? Like, how how many times a week do you swim? What are the distances? And you know, do you focus on you know sprint one week and distance, and you know, technique, or like how does it break down for you? And you know, on a on a general week, um, I swim five or six days.
0: I the practices at Davis Aquatic Masters. There's ten or eleven of them a day. Wow. It's a big, big team. So you only get an hour generally. They they do a different focus each day. So it's kick one day, I am the next day, sprint the next day, distance the next day, and then they repeat. And they use equipment on sprint and kick days generally, the, uh, zoomers, you know, or fins. And if I'm tired or or not feeling motivated to go fast that day I just go because I for me it's a social event I that's why I swim I love being with other people I love my teammates they've become my friends now for we've raised our kids together so I love going to the pool um and in Puerto Rico it it's very social that's the culture you know, and they opened, uh, their arms to me as a gringa and (laughs) they play salsa music and the coach is dancing with a pylon (laughs) if we won't dance with him. So it's, it's a much different atmosphere there. Um, and I, I absolutely love both, you know, but for me, it has to be fun. I'm not someone who has a smartwatch. I'm not, I have no idea how many yards I did that day. I don't count. I know a lot of people do. It's not my focus. It doesn't matter to me. If I had an art hour of cardio, I'm good. And how Enough. about strength
1: training? Any strength um, I I have
0: in the past. I'm not currently. I love Bikram yoga. I like Pilates. My daughter really wants me to do strength training. I know I need to do it because as we age, we, we lose the, you know, the integrity and in our, especially our shoulders to maintain the strength and, and I I don't want to get an overuse injury. So um, I I do pull-ups at home after my uh, arm fractures, I went out and bought a pull-up bar and I do, I hang and I do, you know, I, I can do one full (laughs) pull-up.
2: That's amazing. I can't. Uh,
0: Yeah. And so that's my, you know, I feel good about that at 60 to be able to do one. I use that daily and I feel like it really helps my shoulders and my back. And
1: how long are um, you hanging? We, we talk about hanging all the time on, on this podcast for, ah, yeah. So uh-huh. I, I, what is your hanging routine?
0: I mean, probably 30
1: seconds, five
0: times, you know, wow, that's a lot of hanging. And of I, um, and I'll, and I'll do little tiny, you know, pulses. Yeah. Okay. And I so- started doing that for my wrist because it really, it really helps and if i overdo it then they speak to me right away but
2: i have so many questions for you <laughs> i know kelly okay. does too but my questions are going to be from totally a different perspective so so all those years raising your kids and taking care of your mom and you know whatever how did you and i assume you were swimming or doing something all the way through you seem very fitness oriented how did you How did you do that? How did you keep up? What would be your advice to people, you know, in the middle of, you know, that we're overweight, we're in the middle of our kids, teenage years or whatever. And we know we need to keep exercising. And what would be your advice to those of us who really want to get back in the pool or on the bike or back to running or whatever, and just finding it really hard with all of our commitments? I tell people, you have to find something you love. You have
0: to find something you want to go do. You know, I am not a gym person. I am not a person who will go to a pool by myself. I like the social aspect of going to the pool. I guess that's, that's it. You really have to enjoy doing it. And so it has to be fun. Whether you have a crowd at the gym that you enjoy seeing every day or um, you have personal goals that you're mapping out and you can say at the end of 10 days,
2: oh, okay, I got there. But for me, it's, the social part of it. So your friends were the reason you went out every day or every, you know, five days a week, you were going to meet people. Yes. That's a good motivating factor. I mean, fitness is
0: really important to me. Right. After I had my two boys. So we're in like 1992, I started doing triathlons um, because after crew, I did, I ran cross country for a couple of years. Um, at the school I went to in Boston for physical therapy. And so I decided I would, I loved running, I joined a running club, and I was swimming just, just as little as I could, because I knew I didn't need to do that, to do well in triathlons. And I became an avid biker. Uh, that was 20 hours a week of training. And after about two years, I was, uh, it was too much, mm-hmm. you know, I was just taking too much away from my life. And then I had another child. And so,
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay. Well, so the second part of that question for me to to you is um, so at 60, it sounds like you just have a very natural sense of your body and, you know, when you're tired or whatever or not, but how do you keep from, for me, I, I just, I love to see the progress. And so I'm pushing myself. I'm 59 and I push myself like I'm a 45 year old or a 30 year old. You know, I just go, I like to go hard every day. I love the feeling of having gone hard, but then I find myself injured or overtired or whatever. So how, how do you deal with that? I mean, you're, you're clearly just doing all kinds of great things at 60. How do you keep from hurting from getting injured or doing overdoing it?
0: I think that, well, I listen to my body. I think pain is my guide. If I have pain in the pool or doing anything at work I have pain a lot you know maybe back pain from working with patients all day um and if it's if it's worse the next day you you stop you really need to pay attention to pain and find the aggravating factors and stop doing them and in the pool you're lucky because your body isn't uh, at risk as much as it is when you're running or on the bicycle or doing something that's more impactful. And I've been really lucky as far as injuries.
2: I I just, you remind me, you're a physical therapist. So you probably have a much better sense of your body than typical athletes.
1: And a perfectly positive outlook. When you say, I've been really lucky with no injuries. I've broken two arms and had two wrist surgeries, (laughs) which is like, (laughs) like that's just such a, it's such a great outlook. So in your mindset, on your mindset, when you're approaching a, a big meet, what are you know? Are you nervous? And how do you deal with that? When um, I see your you you have a uh, your short course regionals are coming up there in Pacifica or somewhere up there. How do you how how do you approach a meet where it's like a three day meet? And you're going to swim a lot of events uh, with terror. <laughs> with terror, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs>
0: I really, <laughs> Me too. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very competitive in the pool every day. I push myself. I like to inspire others. I like to race others, but I don't like to go to meets. I get stressed about it the entire week
1: before. What are you thinking behind the block? When you're behind the block, what are you thinking? Really? I'm thinking about the race at that point.
0: Usually when I get to a meet, like for instance, the meet I went to in Clearwater, I was the only person there. I knew no one, at least at the meet where I saw you in Coral Springs, Coral Springs. I had a group of friends there. So it was social from the beginning in Clearwater. I knew nobody. And I kept, I I almost turned around every mile driving there because I didn't want to compete. Like, why am I doing this? But I wanted to, I wanted to see what I could do in short course yards. You know, the performance anxiety is a big deal for me. It's, I really don't like going to meets. Is it it getting better? Yeah. How do you work on it? Well, it's getting worse and it's getting worse (laughs) because now people expect me to be first. I didn't have expectations before. When I began, became aware of my FINA times and the fact that people were Watching me, all of a sudden, the anxiety was much worse. So I'd rather be in the middle of the pack and just show up at the meet and
1: yeah, be the social. Pressure, and, pressure. Yeah, pressure. Now, you know, now you're definitely in the spotlight. How about dealing with pain in the race? Because I know watching you swim that 400 IM, I know you were in pain because you went out really fast on your 100 fly. What mm-hmm. are you saying in the race when Maria and I always talk about this? when we're in pain, in a longer race, what are you saying? How do you deal with it?
0: Um, how do I deal with it? I, I count down to the end. <laughs> I The backstroke is always my sort of happy place. I'm very efficient at it. It's where I tend to rest, which is not good because it's where I should be making headway. It's why I don't swim farther than 200-yard freestyle. <laughs> I try to look at my hundreds. I try to stack them up and, and, and work them. For instance, in a 200-free, I try to go out comfortable and come home fast. And, and, and the same in a 500. Sometimes I die, like in the uh, in the 200 I am in Coral Springs. It was, by the 50 freestyle, I was, there was nothing left, you know, but I actually felt like in that 400, I am my, my, I did okay at the end. So So
1: when you say you count down, what does that mean? You're just thinking I've only got 20 more strokes or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a lot of pain.
0: Well, I've done six laps. So
1: yeah. Okay. So you're (laughs) (laughs) right. Right. So, uh, what is what are some of your favorite sets that you do in practice? That you kind of really bread and butter that you really enjoy.
0: Well, I like distance day in Davis, but but um, distance day to them is no more than a four hundred in general, and I think that's kind of evolved over time. They used to do more distance, but I think the pandemic has made things shorter in duration as far as distances. Three hundreds are my favorite distance to train, probably. I like doing. The other day we did ten swims on three thirty. I like
1: stuff like that. And when you're doing ten swims on three thirty, do you just choose whatever distance you want to go yes. that day? So some days you c- could go fifties, and some days you could go three hundreds, right? Well, your
0: your lane chooses, and you're putting your lane by your pace. So you you're only one of four or five people who get to choose. <laughs>
1: Okay. So what, what did you do on a day? You, you would do 10 swims on three thirty? We what, did what 10 distance? lappers, right? Yeah. 250s, we did 10 rappers, yeah. 250s. So you were getting about a minute rest ish minute. What were you doing on no two fifties? So not much rest, right? Right. Yeah.
0: So not a minute,
1: <laughs> not a minute. So if you, if you were going to 15s for your 200 and then you added another 50, that would be about 45 seconds rest. Right. So.
2: Yeah, but we weren't
1: because we had to do them all back to back.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. So can, can um, I ask,
2: can I interrupt another kind of question? Your nutrition, I mean, part of mm. longevity in sports is feeding yourself, right? Are you really conscious of that? What do you do? How do you do it?
0: Yes, I'm very conscious of it. Um, I've always had irritable bowels. So I've discovered that gluten and I don't get along. I do better without it. I'm very lean so I try to keep I try to make sure that what I eat is is beneficial is nutritionally good for me if I don't eat things that are healthy I tend to not feel well there are many things I don't respond well to. I would, I would like to get better advice, actually, on that. I tend to stick to certain things, like I eat a lot of mixed nuts that are unsalted. I'll eat those in the car, coming from the pool, going to work. They tend to really sit well with me. I try to get enough uh, protein. And, you know, living in Puerto Rico was a real challenge because they don't eat many fruits and vegetables. Well, they don't eat very many vegetables. They don't have access to many. So we always ate them at home because when you go out, it's mostly fried food, you know?
1: Okay. So Amy, this is just so we could keep asking you tons of questions, but what, (laughs) um, what are your, some of your, your rituals and routines that you have that are, are, you know, are around your swimming practices and meets? I
0: try to swim five days a week. I make sure that I keep it fun. For instance, there's a coach in Puerto Rico that I go swim with and 99% of the people in the pool are recreational swimmers. They began as adults, they wear fins, they're triathletes, or they're just training for fitness. And I race them anyway. I just try to keep it interesting and and I try not to take it too serious.
1: And And I always get a good workout and I'm happy and And you, so you're swimming about an hour, five days a week, just one hour. Yeah. So Mm -hmm.
2: 3000 ish. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're still working full time.
0: I do not work full time. I work part time. I actually work on call. So I work. I generally work four to six hours, maybe three days a week. I'm still going back and forth to Puerto Rico. So I'm here four to six weeks. And then I go there for two to four weeks. And 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 now I have two children living in Florida. So I often will go visit them before I go to Puerto Rico. I'm swimming with different teams. You know, last time that you saw me in Florida, I had swum probably with five different teams there, just meeting different coaches. And
1: that was really fun. Who did you end up swimming? Yeah. Who did you end up swimming with the week that after... Uh, Clearwater, because you said you were trying to decide. Were you going to? Did you swim with the sh- uh, Sarasota Sharks? Yes, yes, yeah. At the sw- five fifteen early group? No, no, <laughs> I'm said not a five fifteen swimmer. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I did that for twenty five years. I do not swim before seven a.m.
1: Okay, so you were in the seven group. That's a good group. I, I did a I I think I told you I did. Um, several months of training over there when I went through my breast cancer treatment. And we were, we're normally on the East coast of Florida, but we went over there for my uh, surgery and treatment. And I, I swam at the 7.00 AM too, because I didn't like the, the 5.15. It sounds like to answer this question that you swim to relax and have fun, but what, what do you do besides swimming, swimming to relax and have fun? You know,
0: my family is very important to me. So we do things together. We, I hike, I have a sister in the Bay area and we often meet her on the weekends and go hiking. My best friend will tell you that Amy never drops anchor. So when you say relaxation, (laughs) that's reserved for going to bed at night, but I love to water ski. We have a boat here in California. We do that as much as we can.
1: And that sounds fun.
0: Yeah. I love Puerto Rico. And when I'm there, I spend time you know, uh, with friends and on the beach and I'm not a beach sitter, but I do love being in the water. I scuba dive, I snorkel and I really enjoy that.
1: Nice. So, um, if we have listeners that are master swimmers and they could hear one or two pieces of advice from you of how to get faster, how to be better swimmers, what would you advise them to do? Find
0: a coach that will help you do that. And I think it's really important to have somebody videotape you as they're giving you advice because you need to see it with your own eyes and then they need to videotape you as you correct it. And make small changes. You can't can't change three things at once. You know, you just have to work on little things at a time. There's a lot of coaches that will read workouts, but not very many in my experience that really are students of the sport and will look at you as a 60 year old and say, I want to help her with her goals Hmm. and focus on your stroke and the fact that maybe you still couldn't, you could become more efficient.
1: Yeah. Great, That's great advice. That oh is my terrific advice. Yeah, wow. I love it. Wow. I hope all the coaches out there are listening. <laughs> that is wonderful. So we have a fun, Oh, before we do the fun sprint around Maria, we have our last question.
2: Yeah. Anything Always. else that you'd like to say that we haven't, I'm sure get. <laughs> I've even got I wrote hundreds, a note to myself. Questions. Go ahead.
1: <laughs>
0: um, let's see, just a shout out to the coaches who've made such a big difference in my swimming career. You know Clearly. Stu Stucon, Carly Barrios, Chago, who's the one who dances with the pylon and plays <laughs> salsa music. Yeah. Fernando Delgado, he's the coach of Sagrado Corazón, which is a university in Puerto Rico, but he's also the Puerto Rican. Uh, he's head of Puerto Rican all of Puerto Rican swimming, so he went to the Olympics with those athletes. And yeah, oh, and Carrie Lindauer, she's the coach at uh, Swim Mac, in North Carolina. Uh, after Hurricane Maria, we moved to. We, I moved to Charlotte for a short time, and I swam with Swim Mac, and she is uh, an amazing masters coach. I don't know if you've met her before, but she's just has so much positive energy and really exudes what I think should be happening on the pool deck, which is everyone has potential to improve. Let's have fun, you know. She's always dressing
1: up and and just. A wonderful human being that is beautiful yeah i love carrie she you know she has a huge pedigree ncaa yes. all-american super i mean she's her own masters all-star and all-american yes. and you know she's she's i don't know if she's ever won all-star but i know she's been multiple time all-american and world record holder so she's not just a great coach she's a great swimmer Yes, and beautiful technique beautiful technique so yeah i love carrie fun, sprint around. This is, these are just one word answers. And then Marielle will have some for you. So, um, cat or dog. Dog. Red or blue? Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark. Kickboard or no kickboard? No. Mountains or beach? Beach. Football or baseball? Neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what sport then do you, would you ever watch? um uh,
0: hmm. what do i like to watch
1: swimming do you yeah swimming. Watch swimming i like to
0: watch swimming i was just trying to think of something outside of swimming i enjoy you know like figure skating um oh
1: yeah
2: hmm
1: yeah
0: i'm not, That's I'm, not,
1: good. I'm, not I'm not i'm not a fan of the big typical professional sports all right i think we know this one iphone or android iphone More uh, coffee or tea coffee morning person or night owl morning finger polish or no fingernail polish
2: no all right maria favorite color blue favorite pizza topping uh cheese (laughs) favorite favorite (laughs) (laughs) gluten-free cheese gluten-free cheese (laughs) gluten-free crust favorite vegetable uh Butter lettuce. Hmm. Favorite Mm -hmm. swim complex you swim in in the U.S.? In the U.S. Uh, Loyola pool. What kind of music do you like? Salsa. (laughs) What's your shoe size? We already uh, ascertained that was 10. Do you have any siblings? Yes, three. Favorite Star Wars character? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Can you cook? Yes. What word comes to mind most when you first dive in the water? I'll warm up soon. <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Amy, this has just been so, so informative and so great. I hope hope all the fellow master swimmers and swimmers and people out there enjoy it as much as I did, because it was fantastic.
0: Thank Thank you so much,
1: Amy. Thank you both. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the
2: best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next
1: level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation.
2: Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways.
1: Okay, Maria, Amy Rieger, what a a superstar. And so much, (laughs) like, just a very soft-spoken, very you know successful swimmer and and human and mother and but you said something between the breaks is there something you want to say that you said but inside there's a beast right that loves <laughs> yeah. to race
2: yeah yeah i think i think she i think amy um yeah she, i think she's the superman sort of mild mannered clark yeah. kent and then yes. she gets into the uh, <laughs> to the phone booth or wherever and and part of it is, you know, she talked about, you know, being afraid, you know, I think that a little, you know, that fear and that competitive instinct merge well for her and her performances.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. That when that, when that, uh, beep goes off for the start, there's, there's no more fear. There's no more, uh, there's a true champion right, that emerges. Right, so, right. so how do we become as good of athletes as, as, uh, Amy, what was your first takeaway? First
2: takeaway, take just she just said it over and over again, having a coach, she won't swim without a coach. And I think that's just so amazing. It's like, as you and I have talked about, I've spent so many hours, just, you know, putting in probably terrible miles on, you know, running or on my bike, or even in the pool, you know, not knowing what I was doing and not really getting any better because of that. And she has her whole life. She's had a coach. She said, she won't swim without a coach. And I think that knocked both of us off of our balls, you know, just like, Wow. And that's why she's so good because she gets coached.
1: And I think that's, I mean,
2: you know, we've been saying that about, you know, coaching for leadership, coaching for mindset, coaching for weight loss, coaching for education. We need coaches. We can't do this on our own. So, I mean, that, you know, that's, we tell, we tell that to our listeners, we tell that to each other and yet we don't do it enough. So yeah, get a coach.
1: Well, you and I both have a coach. We do you know, we both have an executive coach and yet I have been, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice. I haven't swum with a coach until the last 11 months. And And it's been, and
2: you've been so happy.
1: I've been so happy to have a coach. I mean, it is such a game changer and yet, you know, I've called Brevard County, the black hole of master swimming. They're just, they've not been any coaches. So what I would recommend, and I totally agree with her, we need coaches. Is even if you don't have a program that offers a live coach, so maybe you don't have a live coach, there are coaches online, there are programs, there are, if you're looking at swimming, I know Go Swim TV, um, Glenn Mills, who's an Olympian, he has Zoom meetings where he talks about how to swim this or that. And there are other you know online coaches i do you know i do some master swimming coaching so um i coach master swimmers through different things mindset i'll i i like um race pace training coaching um and i do that online through zoom which leads me to my next takeaway from amy which is um video Love so that. Love this that. is something Again, any adult athletes, it doesn't have to be swimming. Certainly swimming is a highly technical sport. Right. right. Um, but I'm sure that there are things that you could videotape that one may be doing out there that wow, let me videotape this and send it to an expert, or let me just videotape myself, just stick my camera next to whatever I'm doing, whether you're, you know, performance, you're doing stand-up comedy, or you're you got to give a speech, or Mm. you're gonna give the speech at your Friend's wedding, videotaping yourself is such a great takeaway, and that was that was one of those ones where you you and I both went,
2: yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Yeah, I hard that that's a hard one too. You know, people we don't like to look at ourselves, or we don't really. No. We're proud, pri- I am. I'll speak for myself. I'm proud, and I don't want to see the mistakes I'm making on video. But it's how are you going to get better? You got to look at yourself. You have to be willing and brave enough to look at yourself and see ways you can improve. And it's not necessarily what you're doing wrong it's ways you can improve. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my second takeaway again, she emphasized it over and over and over again, that it has to be fun. You know, um, I think we look at somebody like her and she's so fit and she's so good, but she's done it because it's fun. And she, it's very, she swims, it's not like she's swimming 30 hours a week or even 20 hours a week. She's doing it in a reasonable way. And she does it always with other people and always with a coach so that she can have fun. And I, I asked, you know, not when we were on the air, but later it's like, how do you have fun in swimming? So yeah, between sets and it's a camaraderie we go out for afterwards. And I can totally relate to that. My cycling has been transformed by having a team, even though it's just a little, you know, amateur team that I cycle with. I love I don't I hate to miss it. I love seeing those women and I don't see them, they're virtual, but I talk to them. And um, so yeah, so find something that's fun for you. And if it's not running or swimming or cycling, you know, I think Kelly, you made the point, you know, hula hooping, jazz dance. There's a million ways to stay active and have fun. And a lot of times it involves being with other people. And I think that's for me, I'm not gonna hula hoop by myself. That would be silly. But if I was hula hooping with 30 other women. That would be hilarious. I would love it. It'd be fun. Yeah. I'd go, I'd do that five times a week. <laughs> so find something with some people, um, that is fun for you for fitness and, and to improve. yeah.
1: And, and yes, hula hooping with other people would be fun, but you know, now that I'm thinking about tying into the, I have had fun swimming alone. Okay. I know that's Amy's parameter is not, she likes to swim, right. with other, but she's social. She's sad very yes, social. I'm social too, but I, and I'm certainly enjoying swimming way more swimming with other people, but swimming was fun for me. If hula hooping is fun for you, sometimes you can't always get a group, but truly if you, if you want to get fit and there's something that you, you think you want to run a marathon, but gosh, that's hard and that's boring, then do something that you will actually do. So, um, or find, that was
2: a, find a running group that makes it fun. or find
1: a running group or a group that makes it fun. Right. Um, so my last takeaway, my second one, um, and there were more than these two, And that's why we were. urge you to listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, the whole thing, um, is, and this is, this is great for swimming, your swimming technique, or this is great for life. When you're trying to improve, improve one thing at a time, because we can so get so overwhelmed with Three things at once, and she didn't use these exact words, but there's so many, um, you know, thought leaders that say just one percent improvement every day. Mark and I were meeting, talking about our our business that we run together, um, and how, you know, we don't have to change everything, we don't have to improve everything all at once, but let's just do, let's improve one thing a day. And so that is so much less intimidating as well. So I loved that piece of advice of just change one thing at a time. If you're trying to improve your technique at something, or you're just trying to get better at something, uh, just go small, go small. I
2: I love that too. That's, that's beautiful advice. You know, focus on one thing and it it, just put everything else away for tomorrow today. You're going to work on whatever. Yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful piece of advice. She's a, course she's been around, so she knows what she's doing. <laughs> I, I love that yes. interview. It was super. fun.
1: Yeah. Very, very fun. All right, Maria, this is fun. Yeah. And this um, is fun.
2: And I do it yeah, so I and, get to see you
1: and, and I do it for the same reasons. And we would love to hear from you guys out there. If we've um, said anything that you, you know, that's resonated with you, we'd appreciate it. If you would leave us a review on, um, Apple, we're, we're trying to, up our Apple reviews. We have 58. Now we're trying to get to hundred. So if you, yeah. Um, you gotta do better. Is than it, that. Is, I know Fifty-eight. everybody is, out is there who has
2: an iPhone. Come on right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's, that's actually 58 is a lot compared to some podcasts that have been out there for a while, but anyway, we need to, get we to would a, love to hear 100. From you.
2: We're shooting for yeah, 100. Yeah.
1: 100 for this week. All right. So thank you so much, Maria. Love you. I love you too, Kelly. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. This week's Quote of the Week comes from Amy Rieger. Make small changes. You can't change three things at once. Work on little things at a time.
0: You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo. What? <laughs>